0: There are five threats to the Kansas City Chiefs taking another championship in 2023. Who are they today on Locked On Chiefs?
1: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast.
0: Welcome back, friends and neighbors. It is another day of Kansas City Chiefs coverage, and we are talking top five threats to their back-to-back run. We're going to have a lot of fun, but thanks for making us your first listen here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day on every platform, everywhere, starting with YouTube and on every single audio platform that you can find. Make sure you get subbed, like, and hit the bell here on YouTube, and then go out to the audio platforms as well. Uh, Easier on the go, obviously, on audio, but sometimes you want to see the visuals, so make sure you're subbed to both. We would appreciate you dayers that are here all the time. You know the drill. We're going to have a couple of segments here for you on some interesting topics. Uh, a <laughs> lot coming here. And I, I'm excited about them because it's a little bit of everything. We have we have to have some fun, and we got to talk threats. But I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as RGRFootball.com.
1: And I'm Chris Clark from Chiefs Corner, and there's a lot to talk about when you start talking about threats and what's really going on in Chiefs Kingdom right now. A couple of stories from over the weekend and from today. On Monday as well. So we will get to that here a little bit later. But if you want to text us, you can text us at 816-357-8781. This is a new service we are providing and you are able to text us directly. We'll be able to respond, we'll be able to have conversations and there will be a lot more that's going to be built into this. Uh, Once training camp starts, that's going to be the start of a lot of of the conversation when it comes to the texting, but there's also going to be more uh, built out around game day and the draft and all of that in the future as well.
0: It's an exciting way to communicate again and really take it out to another level. So go ahead and text us there. You can get in on the action. Now, we're going to talk about the Chiefs' White House visit coming up later. We have to pay our respects and, and elaborate on Norma Hunt's career and her passion for this team. But right now, we're going to start the show with the top five threats to the Chiefs having the ability to repeat. And this may be the best, according to national names, uh, the most recognized team that has the ability to repeat in quite a long time so we want to understand and identify the teams that are going to make that more difficult uh some we know some I think are going to be surprises when we break it all down but uh Chris you start with number one who is the biggest hurdle to the Chiefs having a back-to-back championship I'm going to
1: put a little bit of clarity on this before we get into it and I'm going to say this is we're not going to be dealing with injuries we're just going to assume every team stays healthy for the entire season the one thing I will say, and this is the way I feel anyway, I think the Chiefs are their own worst enemy when it comes to repeating the Super Bowl champs, personally. <laughs> uh, I know that they can't be number okay. one, but that is my opinion is that they are the number one team that can uh, cause them not themselves not to be able to repeat as a Super Bowl team. Uh, when you look at the teams that they're going to go up against, winning another Super Bowl, I think the number one has to be who they played last year. They has to be the Philadelphia Eagles, personally.
0: Yeah. I I can get along with that. Uh, Certainly, they're continuing to add and and give Jalen Hurts more that he can, I think, expand his game. Now, I've been a Hurts supporter since uh, his draft class, and I do think that you're starting to see it. Now, was it the the passing frenzy that I do think he's capable of getting to? Not yet. If that does expand, that's going to make it that much tougher, but I do think that they understand how to – bolster their defense Uh, they've gotten younger there particularly in the middle I think they're doing a good job in in rounding it out to give some balance there Um, this might be Jason Kelsey's last go around but they have to fortify what Jalen Hurts is going to have in front of him as well they are formidable it is right now a a peak where I think they have to push to take every chance possible to get back there and I do think that's what they're going to see for them so I personally have them second but if you have them at the top that's perfectly fine with me the team that I have number one. Is the Cincinnati Bengals because I do think that there's some kind of clash there, uh, whether it's it's just the matchup with the defensive coordinator, whether it's the trio of wide receivers, or just Joe Burrow being Joe Burrow. I think you can you can have arguments about where all those those aspects of this team fit in the NFL and the top five, probably all of them. But there's something about this matchup so far uh, with the the Mahomes Burrow era. They still have the lead. Yes, the Chiefs had the most recent victory, but this is a team that comes gunning for them. My big question is going to be, does the loss of Jesse Bates affect their ability to to kind of stifle what Patrick's tried to do in the past? And of course, as every year, what's Patrick's next evolution? We've seen him be disciplined. We've seen him go through his steps and evolve his game downward from the top to the intermediate here. Where do they go next? And how can he adapt to what the Bengals throw at him? I think it's going to be formidable, but who's your number two?
1: My number two is Cincinnati. I think you're right for all those same reasons that you said. And, and I think the other part of why I think Cincinnati is so big is because they continue to take steps forward. But the one caveat and the reason I put them in two, and guess I know this is not going to make a lot of sense with who I put it on, but it's really because Kansas City just beat them last year. Before it was the Bengals owned the Chiefs. Now you can't say that anymore. Kansas City found a way to beat the Bengals, and I think that gives them the advantage going forward. I'm not going to say that that's going to mean that they're going to win every single game against Cincinnati, but it does give them a little bit more of an advantage than what they had in the per- previous time when they hadn't beat them yet.
0: Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. That that just – there are some teams that have matchups. There's, there's dudes that play you different. I think one of the hinge uh, positional battles we're going to see there – is the changing of the guarded offensive of tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs is going to make a difference, and I think whether they can thwart that pass rush better this season than they have in the past is probably going to be the big difference maker. Now, again, that's where we are today without any kind of um, you know, trade deadline scenarios, injuries, anything that could then change the, the format of what the 53 is in either of these cities. So, there's a lot still to be decided, but you know, they're clearly the bet for me for the AFC championship foe right now. And I think that makes a lot of sense. There's another team that could be viable for it. We're going to talk about them coming up next here in the next segment. But first, I want to tell you guys that it is on. And if you didn't see game two of uh, the NBA finals, you want to get in on the action because it's not going to be as clean cut as a lot of the prognosticators thought. So there is money to be made there. And right now they're giving you a great, Great bonus over at FanDuel during the NBA playoffs with their no-sweat first bet for up to $2,500 in bonus bets should your first bet lose. It's that simple. Go sign up. Use our code, FanDuel.com, slash locked on. Get signed up for their no-sweat first bet, and you make a bet. If you lose, you're viably eligible for up to $2,500 Post into your account as bonus bets. There's no better place to get in the action than America's number one sports book, and that is FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's the spot to go right now for that no sweat first bet for up to $2,500 in bonus bets at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel, the official sports betting partner, of the NBA, the MLB, and the NFL. As we turn back to the top five, we've, we've got a few. I think we, we probably have a little consensus here at number three, for me, it's the Buffalo Bills, and I know people are, are talking about the whole D-Hop acquisition. Could it happen in Buffalo? Could it happen in Kansas City? I don't think that that's a determining factor, but on the Buffalo side, if he were to join that club, it does make things, I think, a little bit more competitive. But as it stands now, I think it's a, it's about Josh Allen, about getting the most out of the, the investments you've made in the defense over there. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to go head-to-head with the, the Bengals, but they have always given a pretty good fight, even in 13 seconds of the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to do a three and four together and I'm going to do it because to me, it's one of those things where it's a question of who's going to be the top team in that division. And right now it's the bills and the jets. Uh, I mean, I guess you could throw Miami in there. I, I just don't know that I believe two is going to be stay, able to stay healthy for the entire season. Uh, and teams are probably going to figure out their offense from a little bit from last year, but that's the big question to me. Who's going to be the big, person or the big team in that division is it going to be the Jets or is it going to be the Bills either of those teams I think give Kansas City trouble and those are going to be the the next two teams on my list because right now if Aaron Rodgers and the Jets run over the the Bills and you know beat them twice that's going to hurt Kansas City's chances that much more when it comes to New York versus Buffalo
0: yeah uh, the Jets are on my list as well I actually have them five but that's okay because when you look at what they have to operate with, yes, you have uh, you know, the the, the calf watches on for Aaron Rodgers in New York. But outside of that, they, they've got the investment they've made in the offensive line, including Joe Titman, who looks like he's going to start for them this season. Lakin Tomlinson's there. Elijah Vera Tucker, very good uh, uh, investment. Guy in back. You, you hope that that works out. They've had some success with with Max Mitchell and, and Dwayne Brown. We'll see if they can keep it all together. That's the hinge factor because when you look on defense, obviously – Sauce won Defensive Player of the Year. Wilson wins Offensive Player of the Year. So you, you have the best rookie wide receiver in the game, combined with guys like, I don't know, Denzel Mims. Uh, they added Lazard and Cobb from Green Bay, so there's a familiarity there that they should be able to port over the offense really, really easily. And then our old friend, McCall Hardman's going to be catching passes from Aaron Rodgers, giving him that deep threat. Uh, I, I think that there's a lot to be made there, and they could turn into a team that can run with Brees Hall if he comes back in the shape that we expect. Uh, they've still got Mike Carter. They've got uh, all kinds of guys that have joined that that roster. They can run, they can throw, and they can play defense. The question is going to be, does their first-round pick, uh, will McDonald get onto the field with Carl Lawson and Franklin uh, Myers and really get after the passer? That will be, I think, the determining factor of just how far they can go because I think the quarterback play was their weakness last year. And it's going to become a strength this year.
1: It's going to be better. I don't know that it's going to be a strength, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Fair I, oh, I just, I don't know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers didn't impress me last year. I think he could still be a great quarterback, but is it is it a question of is age catching up to him or was it simply motivation last year in Green Bay? That's my question when it comes to the, that team. And that's why the Jets, I think, probably are four right now for me, whereas the Bills would be three. Uh, and the Bills re-signed Ed Oliver to a contract, though. That is not going to affect Chris Jones for anybody out there that's wondering.
0: No, I, I don't think that's going to affect Chris Jones. Last team for me is the San Francisco 49ers. Can they put up a fight to push Philly? And I do think uh, with all the hubbub about Brock Purdy versus uh, Trey Lance, they've got a couple of guys that they feel can give them a spark on offense. And with Ayuk there, I think they can always pass. We have know that they've been able to run. They're creative with it. You have Kittle. Their defense is solid. Is it a different variation? Yes, but I think the NFC is significantly weaker than the AFC still. And it's just them and the Eagles as far as I'm seeing right now.
1: Yeah, and I can't argue with you on the 49ers being that team in the NFC. I'm going to go a different direction, though. I'm going to go to the Chargers at number five, Mm -hmm. Uh, mainly because they're in the same division as Kansas City. They play them twice. Chargers have been playing Kansas City tough every single time they play them. And this is the year they've loaded up for. They don't have a choice but to make it this year. If they don't make it this year, they're going to have to blow everything up. Their cap is going to put them in a situation where they have to blow everything up. And the Bengals aren't quite there to that extent yet, but they're getting close. And the Bills may be getting close to that as well. So when you start looking long-term, it may not be the same teams that we're talking about. Uh, they still might have this great quarterbacks, but can they build up behind those great quarterbacks with the larger contracts? That's going to be the key in the future for those other teams. But I agree with you. I think San Francisco is going to be an interesting one. What I have a question on is, is Brock Purdy actually going to be available this season or is it something where he's not available till late in the season because of his injury and when it happened? And if he's not available till late in the season, is it even worth him playing because San Francisco may have been struggling enough at the other at QB otherwise? I mean, we'll see. They moved up to go get Trey Lance, but it doesn't sound like they really want to go that direction.
0: It's going to be interesting to see how that that falls out because I think you have two sides of that organization that they have to straighten out. And from what I understand, Purdy's on track to be available for the season. So we'll see how it goes. But that race is something that is always about getting back to the Super Bowl. And one person who saw all the Super Bowls was Norma Hunt. And we want to take uh, a step back and remember her for the moment and um, passed away at 85 years old. More than I thought she was to tell you the truth. So kudos to her. Um, me too. That's that that's a great thing. She's <laughs> <anywhere near laughs> the right. Um, it, details aside that we don't have, it, it comes down to the, this. Uh, Matt Derrick was on uh, one of the local stations last night and had a great idea that he floated and didn't didn't tell me about it beforehand. I'd find out the hard way. But you know, there there are people that have been involved and ladies in this sport in particular that really exemplify what the league's about and honestly where the league is going there's two significant directions for the NFL right now. And that is worldwide expansion and gender expansion to get ladies more involved in the sport, not just as, as viewers, but as other participants. Um, and I think when it's all said and done 20 years from now when the league's complexion has changed, I think it will go back and you will see Norma Hone at the front of it driving what later became, um, Amy in L.A. and everyone who's taken a step forward—the female coaches, the female refs that are in the game now—can all go back to normal. Hunt. Yep.
1: And you said something that's really important that I don't want to overlook, and I want to make sure people heard you. She went to every single Super Bowl, every everyone. Super Bowl, <laughs> and
0: fifty-seven yeah, years worth.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. She married Hunt in '64. I I had to go look that up last night because I was talking about it with my family. She was married to Lamar. She got married to Lamar in 1964. And so you're sitting there and you're looking at that whole family and that whole scenario and the fact that she had been to 57 straight Super Bowls, the only woman alive that has been to every single Super Bowl. And that is a legacy in and of itself. And then you're absolutely right. I mean, she was a pioneer when it came to women's inclusiveness in the sport. And I think that's going to continue going on as well.
0: I think there's no better way to do it in in a medium for us that is audio-based. We're going to talk about what the Chiefs uh, were like there at at the White House and have some levity for you. But before we get to that, please give us about 10 seconds in memory of Norma Hunt. And
1: rest in peace, Norma.
0: That said... Uh, things do go on. She, she would have enjoyed, I think, being at the White House today, to tell you the truth. Uh, it was, I I think, pretty typical of the way that this team goes about being what they are in that. Uh, a lot of guys uh, are two-time champions on this roster. Um, not a single moment, and I I, I saw most of, of the thing, but you tell me, is there any other moment for you that stood out beyond, um, Patrick Mahomes shooing? Travis Kelsey away from the microphone. Cause that seems to be the highlight for me.
1: No, I definitely think that's the highlight. And I think, you know, when you look at that whole situation and you look at, uh, you know, them being there in general, you know, Clark Hunt wasn't there for obvious reasons. Um, I'm sure he would have been there had uh, his mom not just passed away this weekend. So obvious why he wasn't available and didn't go, but yeah, Travis Kelsey stepping up to the microphone and Patrick Mahomes stopping him uh, mid sentence was uh, could call on on Mahomes's part.
0: Yeah, uh, well timed, and I'm sure they choreographed that pretty well. It was pretty impressive, um, but that's that's the kind of levity, and that's that's what stands out for me. Is like not only you see some teams that show up and they all have their like travel clothes on that that looks similarly colored or whatever, like everybody's in gray or everybody's in blue or whatever. Like the chiefs brought what the chiefs always bring under Andy Reid. They brought their personality. Everybody looked a little bit different. Everybody's out there doing their own thing. Jody Fortson was having a good day with it, with his attire. And clearly Travis and Patrick were doing their joking around thing as only those two have the rapport to do. And I think that is, is, for the world that isn't a sports fan there are a lot of people in this in this country that don't watch nfl football every week but if especially if they're like the politically minded kind of folks or people just want to see the news like this is a team that has more personality than they walk up to a presidential podium behind whoever the guy is that's in charge that year and actually showed some personality there and i thought that was great
1: yeah i know it really was and travis being travis and just you know not thinking twice about going up to the podium and, and trying to get his own words in. Uh, we shouldn't expect anything less from him. You know, the one thing I, I think is it's interesting to me because, you know, COVID happens. Kansas City couldn't go several years ago. And, right. you know, there's lots of different things about how all of this is going to shake out. And, and now there's a scenario where maybe they're back next year. Maybe they're back in, in two more years. I mean, you know, we look at this, and we look we look back at 2019, 2020. They went to back to back Super Bowls. Most teams don't go to one, let alone go to back to back. I think Kansas is in the driver's seat to be able to go back to back again. And if they do it again, I think they're in a much better position to potentially win. Obviously, you know, injury is what derailed them in the other one. Um, so you hope that that doesn't play a factor but considering the depth that they've built at that at that group i think they're going to be in great shape
0: i, I think so too and i think this solidifies uh, you know guys that that weren't on the roster uh, that aren't on the roster currently that were juju was there uh you know frank uh carlos dunlap was there you, you get contributions and you celebrate with that team that was that 53 and you can see bits and pieces uh, the majority obviously here in the next I'm- 53 I missed
1: seeing the the photo. Was Chris Jones there?
0: Uh yes, he was. I believe in pinstripes, if I remember correctly. Okay.
1: There you go. I I <laughs> saw some of it, I just didn't see all the players, so it was really hard to tell uh who all actually was there from the image times. it looks
0: like it's a plaid. I lied. Apologies. Fashion people, okay, I have okay. no idea.
1: Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Ryan is not Ryan is not Mr. Fashion. That's what he's telling you right there. No,
0: no. Stripes and solids, I don't care. That sounds like a pool game to me. No big deal. Um But at the end of the day, you you get the recognition from being a champion. And I think the team probably got a kick out of that, especially guys that were here from the last time when they weren't able to go. And I hope that that provides a little bit of motivation for the return because this is a unique situation, like we said at the top of the show, where this particular roster has the ability to follow behind last year's 53-man squad and do it again. And I think that's where we're all going to be focused. I'm glad that they are as well.
1: I just was going to say, and you have to argue, you could easily make an argument, is this squad potentially going to be better than last year's squad?
0: When you got Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, uh, there's always that option, right?
1: I, I'm looking at growth from the second-year players. All those guys that made huge contributions year one are going to play year two. I mean, yeah, there's a potential for a sophomore slump, but there's also potential that they're much better. Uh, uh, you know, we listen to what Spagnuolo said about the defensive guys, the defensive backfield guys. They look fantastic uh, from what he's seen. Obviously, they're not on the actual field. They're just running around in shorts, but they know a lot more now. That plays, that's going to make their instincts that much better going forward.
0: Now, the team is back on the field later this week after they get back from D.C., obviously. And OTAs do get pushed back a little bit this week. We'll have coverage for you then about... Who's making noise? Who's making progress? And what we can see from this OTA session before the mandatory mini camps that's coming down the line. We're going to talk with Matt Derrick tomorrow and get his input on where this team sits and what it's ready to do next. Make sure if you want in on the text action, get with us now. Text us at 816-357-8781. Get yourself in the action there. Thank you guys for spending your time with us. Bit of a sad day. Bit of a fun day. Like kind of all wrapped into one. But today's this day. And tomorrow's the next, and we'll be back with you then. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.